Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school. And that is what this podcast is designed to do. To educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only. To learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show. We are going to be talking about today one of the simplest, in my mind, ways to address this issue of creating a lifestyle that will work for you. One of the things that we need to understand whenever we are trying to create a lifestyle, and that really is what we are doing. We are creating a lifestyle that matches our uniqueness. We talk a lot on this podcast about the fact that we are each physiologically, psychologically different, as well as being different in our personal preferences. And of course, we all have practical circumstances that are different from every other human. And so part of what we must struggle with is how do we create a lifestyle that we can live with and love and own and stay on indefinitely? In other words, we create this Thing that we can do again and again without trying. Now, one of the big mistakes we make, especially if we are coaching people, because I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast are professionals. A lot of you are not, but there are, uh, I would say, at least 50% of you probably are professionals, doctors, chiropractors, nutritionists, personal trainers, etc., What we do in my mind and what I did for a very long time in my clinical practice is way too much. I'll tell you a funny story. I remember being in clinic at Bastyr University where I did uh, my medical schooling. And when I was in the clinic, I remember giving these big, long sheets of information to people. Um, They would have, you know, 10, 15 different things. Don't eat this. Make sure you do this. Do this thing. Work out this amount of time. I mean, just take this supplement. Take this supplement too. Oh, do that. Meditate as well. It'd be like this big, long list of things. And more times than not, people would come back and you'd be like, well, what did you do? And they would hem and haw and be a little bit embarrassed, but typically they would do nothing. Um, because they were just so overwhelmed with how much to do. And the only thing they would do is maybe take the supplements that you gave them. And of course, we all know that supplements are meant to be just that. They don't really do well uh, independently. You need to have the lifestyle and diet and exercise on board with the supplements for them to do well. And so what we typically do is we try to change way too much all at the same time. And therefore, we don't do anything, right? This is what practitioners oftentimes do. And this is what, uh, you know, the individuals do when the fact of the matter is when you really get down to it and really start digging into the research, there are only a few things 
that most people do. In other words, you may not be aware, but we tend to eat the same 10 foods over and over and over again as humans. We tend to have very particular behaviors that make most of the difference in whether we are healthy or not. For example, uh, staying up late at night constantly and getting you know poor quality and poor quantity sleep has this trickle-down effect that can ruin everything. Being a sitter rather than a stander, a stander or a mover has this trickle-down effect that can make us unhealthy. In other words, what I'm trying to suggest here is that there really are only a handful of things that we humans do, a handful of choices that we make that make the difference between whether we are healthy or unhealthy. Now, we would all like to think that these same things apply to all of us, but the fact of the matter is they truly don't. Um, you know, different things impact people differently. Now, there is some common denominators. There are some things that work for most people most of the time, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that when we are trying to make sustainable, lasting lifestyle change, we really should be focusing on the big rocks. What do I mean by the big rocks? Well, there's an analogy we oftentimes use. If I had a bucket or if you had a big bucket, you could go out and, you know, and find big rocks and stick them in the bucket. And these rocks are so big that maybe you can fit maybe two, three, maybe four of these big rocks in the bucket. But when you think about it, the bucket really isn't full because these big rocks leave a lot of gaps, right? It's not a perfect fit in this bucket. And so we then could add pebbles in to fill in the gaps. Well, it's still not full. We could add some sand in to fill in the gaps further. And then we could add water. And now this bucket is really full. But if we reached in there into this bucket and grabbed out these very big rocks, what we would find is that the pebbles and the sand and the water probably only make up a quarter or maybe an eighth of that bucket, right? In other words, the volume, the big volume in that bucket would be these big rocks. Well, when we think about lifestyle change, we really want to be thinking about the big rocks. What are the two, three, four things that we can do that will trickle down and make all the other habits better. For example, let's take sleep. It's a big rock. When we get adequate sleep, quantity and quality, which I realize is not uh, you know, sort of possible for everyone. We all have different situations. For example, people with sleep apnea, even if they get eight hours of sleep, are still having poor quality of sleep and suffering as a result of that. But this is a big rock because it impacts hunger and it impacts cravings and it impacts cortisol, high cortisol levels, and it makes us more insulin resistant, and it makes us more tired and less motivated to exercise. And it has all these trickle-down effects. If we could change our sleep, wave a magic wand, and just sleep better, quantity and quality, we would have less hunger, less cravings, better energy, more motivation, more insulin sensitivity, less uh, high cortisol levels, and a lot of things will begin to figure themselves out, which is why we see sometimes in the research, simply people having sleep apnea, getting on a CPAP machine and correcting this issue, oftentimes lose weight simply from that one big thing because it is a big rock. Now, what I'm suggesting here is that these in the research, oftentimes people refer to these things as keystone habits. Now, what is a keystone? If you ever look at an arc, 
you know, a doorway. The ancient Romans and Greeks, when they would do a doorway, they would put a keystone in the center of that doorway up at the top so that it would balance and hold all of the structures above it. And this keystone made all the difference. Without it, there would be no doorway. The building would collapse. But with this keystone, all that structure could be held up. So when we're thinking about keystones in our lifestyle, we really need to be thinking about the one, two, three, or four things that we can do that make all of the difference. This is critical. One of the things that we need to understand is that for most people, it's not about doing more. It's actually about doing the things that matter most less. And what I mean by that is that it's not 10 different things you need to do. It's just the two or three things that make the biggest difference that you need to do more of. Most people, when they want to make change, they want to add things on to an, a plate that is already overwhelmed, that is already overflowing. What we really need to do is be removing things and only keeping the things that matter most. Now, when it comes to nutrition, what I want to suggest that you begin to look at very clearly is what I would call the three nutritional keystones or the three nutritional keystone habits. What if there were three things that you could do with your nutrition that when you did them, all other things fell into place? Think about that for a second. What if there were three things that could keep your hunger, your energy, and your cravings, your sleep, and your mood in check that balanced your hormones, that also accidentally created the calorie deficit? We oftentimes talk about this. There's two things required for sustainable fat loss, and I use sustainable and fat loss. I use those words on purpose always. We need a calorie deficit, and we need a sustained calorie deficit. Now, the sustained calorie deficit, how do we get that? Well, we get it through balancing our hormones, right? And so you need two things, really, the calorie deficit and the hormonal balance that balances hunger, energy, and cravings so that we can sustain the calorie deficit. Now, a lot of people get this wrong because they think when we talk about hormones, this is one of the things that bothers me in the health and fitness industry. Too often, people are like, my hormones are out of balance, and they're talking about things like estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. Those really aren't the hormones that matter most. I'm, when I mention hormones, I'm talking about the hormones that indirectly or directly impact hunger, energy, and cravings. We need to pay attention to hunger hormones, by the way, which insulin is one and cortisol is one. These can, cortisol can dramatically impact cravings. Insulin, if you are insulin resistant at the level of the brain, which can lead to leptin resistance, you are hungry all the time. And so when we talk about hormones, what we're really talking about is controlling hunger energy, and cravings. And these are hormonal phenomena. I oftentimes say to people when they say, well, calories are all that matters. I say, well, how many calories does stress have? And how many calories does sleep have? This oftentimes makes them give you a blank stare. And part of it is because they realize they've just walked themselves into a difficult situation. They know uh, conclusively and research shows uh, you know, conclusively that sleep and stress have a dramatic impact on whether we are able to lose weight and keep that weight off. Yet, sleep doesn't have calories, neither does stress. So why do they have such a profound effect? Because they're impacting hormones. And so you need both of these. And by the way, when we talk about quality of food, we're usually talking about the hormonal situation. So we need both a quantity and quality approach. In fact, one is not better than the other. They are both 
equally important. You need to control quantity and you need to look after quality. Quantity is about the calories, quality is about the hormones. So when we talk about this idea of what can you do very simply, we want to be thinking about nutritional keystone habits. And I'm going to suggest, and I have suggested throughout my career, that we really begin to focus on three. Now, I'll be honest here. When you think about your three nutritional keystones, the fact of the matter is, is that these things take time often to um, to figure out, to, uh, you know, we have to play detective in a sense, to find out what are my three? What are the three biggest things? And this brings us to first a discussion about what works for most people, because you certainly can, in the beginning, we need structure and we need some flexibility. Think about it. All of our clients, or if you're someone who is trying to attain and maintain uh, health, fitness, and fat loss, what we really require is we require simple steps. We require uh, some structure. Tell me what to do. We need some certainty. But the fact of the matter is we're all different. And so that certainty only serves us for a brief period of time. And in the interim, we need some flexibility to tweak and adjust and figure out and change and adapt that structure. So I could give you three things to try, but I can guarantee that they're not going to be perfect for all people. You can use them in the interim as you begin to figure out what it is that works for you. And over time, you should be thinking about the three things that when I do them lead to accidental, accidental calorie reduction and hormonal balance, hunger management, craving management energy management. By the way, it's not that you won't have hunger cravings and uh, energy issues. It's that they will be under control. So when I use terms like keep your heck in check, H-E-C, hunger, energy, cravings, keep your hunger, energy, and cravings in check. I'm not saying you shouldn't have hunger and cravings. I'm saying that you should not be controlled by your hunger and cravings. So you want to come up with the three nutritional keystones, the three nutritional commitments that when you do these three things every single day, you are more likely than not to achieve the calorie deficit and the hormonal balance. I'm sorry to break into the show, but I wanted to take a second to cover one of our sponsors and tell you all about Paleo Valley at Paleo Valley. Dot com. These are the grass-fed sticks that I tell you all so much about that all of my friends know I have on hand constantly. They are in my car. They are at my house. I keep them at my sister's home and my parents' house. I have these things everywhere because they are the simplest, most convenient whole foods protein supplement you can get, almost like carrying around pure protein, low-carb protein in your pocket. They also, these Paleo Valley beef sticks, are the only, the only 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef sticks on the market. They use organic spices. They are naturally fermented instead of using nitrates and nitrites that can be a problem in some of these cured meats, and they simply taste fantastic. Check out the original or the jalapeno. Those are my favorites. Please make sure you go over to paleovalley.com and visit. When checking out, use the code NEXTLEVEL. 
level for a 15% discount. Remember, our sponsors keep the show going by you giving them your patronage and spending your money on these high quality products. You actually do a few things. One, you're helping to support the podcast. And two, you are helping your health. And three, you are making sure that good quality companies like Paleo Valley can be out there doing their business, changing the world, making the earth better. One of the things you may not know about this is that grass-fed organic and grass-finished beef is doing something that is so utterly important for our environment, actually helping to repopulate the topsoil. A lot of people don't know this, but our topsoil is being extremely depleted. And raising animals, especially cattle, the correct way helps to get that topsoil back. This is one of the reasons why I love Paleo Valley, not to mention it tastes fantastic, but they're one of these companies, like my other sponsors, Cured Nutrition and Organifi, that are doing the right things by the environment. I really appreciate everything they do, and I hope you will check them out. Thanks so much. PaleoValley.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. And now, back to the show. It is time to talk about one of our sponsors, our earliest sponsor, Cured Nutrition. This is a CBD company. Cured Nutrition is another one of those next level human companies that is doing amazing things in the world. Let me tell you a little bit about one of the things I've been doing with CBD here recently. There is some really interesting research showing that chronic cannabis users, these are people who are smoking marijuana, are actually down-regulating the cannabinoid 1 receptor. Well, guess what the cannabinoid 1 receptor is involved in? Well, it's involved in cravings and hunger. And there is some really interesting mouse research that shows mice given products that lower CB1 or being engineered with a lower CB1 activity actually eat less and are not obese as a result of that. And so I have been experimenting using CBD to lower hunger, to down-regulate the CB1 receptor, just the way chronic cannabis users tend to be very thin. And it has been working very well. Now, of course, the other thing that I use this for and have used it for, for since day one is uh, Cured Nutrition has a product called Zen that is a mix of magnesium and CBD and some other really nice formulations in there that I use to help me sleep. I have notoriously bad sleep. My sleep still is not perfect, but the Cured Nutrition product Zen has made a big difference to helping me sleep better. And that is just huge. Now, of course, they have other products. They also have a product called Rise, which I do not use, but I have used in the past it is great for those people who like to have a pick-me-up in the morning to focus better. So Zen and Rise are fantastic, but any of their CBD products used for down-regulation of the CB1 receptor to help with hunger and cravings, if you're one of these people who is constantly overeating and on a diet, you find that, hey, when I'm on a diet, I get this crazy sort of hunger and cravings. This may be something you want to check out. So check out CuredNutrition.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. I get a kickback to help us have these discussions on the show. It's a great way for me to be able to do this work. So thank you for Cured Nutrition for that. Of course, Cured Nutrition gets the sale and you get to work with a fantastic company that gets results with their supplements. I hope you will check them out. CuredNutrition.com. Use the code NEXTLEVEL. And now let's go ahead and get back to the show. Let's do it. 
Now, my three, I'm going to share with you right away. The three that I do when I do them, and look, I don't do them all the time because sometimes, you know, even though they're just three things, they can be difficult. But my three things are number one, eat as close as possible to my body weight in grams of protein per day. When I'm able to do that, and rest assured, it is difficult to do. And also, think about it this way. It's not that you have to achieve that number, but simply trying to achieve that number oftentimes makes you so full that you won't, don't want to eat anymore. So I'm 225 pounds. So if I try to eat 225 pound grams of protein per day, I rarely am able to achieve that. But when I try to achieve that, I might get to 180, 170. But when I am doing that, I am full. I am satisfied. I am without cravings. My energy is good and my hunger is managed. And so that's my first one. For me, I try to eat anywhere between my lean body mass and my body weight. My lean body mass is about 180 pounds. My body weight is about 225 pounds. So I try to get at least 180 grams of protein up to 225 grams of protein in a day. When I just do that one thing, it is huge for me in terms of making sure I don't overeat, I don't want wine. It's like it is golden. Now, the other nutritional keystone or nutritional commitment that I do is one big, large salad every single day. So my body weight in grams of protein, number one. Number two, one huge salad, a big salad. Greens mainly, I do arugula and I do romaine usually with a little bit of feta cheese in there and a oil vinegar based dressing. Olive oil and vinegar work. Oftentimes I like to use something like Newman's own oil and vinegar or uh, Italian, uh, relatively low calorie, tasty. But the idea is I just eat a bunch of roughage. And then the third thing for me is trying to get at least four liters of water in per day. This was perhaps my most difficult one. I notoriously, if you know any of my friends, they'll be like, dude, you don't drink enough water. This third one, though, when I do, when I'm on my game, this makes all the difference. So these are my three. And by the way, these three are a universal three. Most people will benefit from doing these three things. So if you're sitting here and listening and saying, hey, Jade, I don't have any idea what my new my three nutritional keystones would be or my three nutritional habits would be, then you can use these. Your body weight in pounds. And I know I have listeners from all over the place. So some of you think in terms of stones, some of you think in terms of kilograms, some of you think in terms of the American pound. What we're talking about here is pounds. So convert kilograms to pounds. Eat your body weight in pounds in grams of protein every day. Try to get that in. What that will force you to do is prioritize protein over everything else. When you eat this much protein, it displaces more fat and carbohydrates. Protein is the most thermogenic um, in terms of it takes more energy than any other macronutrient to digest. It's also the most satiating for the vast majority of us compared to fat and carbohydrates. Research shows time and time again, when you replace calorie for calorie, protein for carbs or protein for fat, people lose weight, their heck is in check, their hunger, energy and cravings are managed, and they accidentally create a calorie deficit. They almost always lose weight. Not always, but almost always. This is what you want to do. Now you might say, Jade, I can't achieve that amount. The point is just trying, like I told you, right? 
you don't always have to achieve it. The point is not to overeat and force feed yourself on protein. The point is just to prioritize protein so you eat less of everything else. Then adding in fiber and then adding in water. And actually in the research is very clear. You've heard me talk about this if you're a regular listener to this podcast, that PFW, protein, fiber, water, these are the best things that you can do for your uh, body to control hunger, energy, and cravings. Protein, fiber, water, protein, fiber, water, protein, fiber, water. This is why lean protein, vegetables, and fruits are so powerful. Fruits have a ton of water, vegetables have a ton of water. Uh, vegetables have very little, uh, lots of fiber, not a whole lot of starch. And when I talk about vegetables, we're talking about, um, you know, starchy, less starchy vegetables. So we're talking about greens here. Fruit is loaded with water, right? And of course, lean protein has very low calories plus a high satiation potential really fills us up with not a whole lot of calories. One way to think about this, an example I always use, if you take a eight ounce uh, chicken breast, which is roughly anywhere between 40 grams to 50 grams of protein in it, um, and about 250 to 300 calories. You can compare that with your average donut, which is also about 250 to 300 calories, but it does not have any protein in it. It's all starch or sugar and fat. Now, most of us could eat two, three donuts, maybe as many as five. Hardly anyone is going to be able to eat two, three, or five chicken breasts. And if you did, you probably wouldn't want to eat anything else for the rest of the day. This is the difference, and this is what I'm talking about. Now, with these nutritional keystones, I just gave you mine, and mine serve as the the universal nutritional keystones that I probably would tell you to try as your own. But there are going to be other things that many, many people can do. For example... Some people I know, their nutritional keystone is, I don't eat until four o'clock. I fast until four o'clock. I also make sure I end my fast with a large protein shake. And I make sure I have a salad with dinner. I know someone, a friend of mine, who that's their nutritional keystone, right? And so the idea is you want to find and think about very deeply through your own experience, what are the three things that if I do them food-wise every single day, I end up eating less naturally, feeling completely satisfied, and lose weight effortlessly. What would those three things be? This is critical to understand. Now, once you get these three nutritional keystones, Now you can begin to say, okay, I will just focus on that. Not 10 things, not 20 things, just these three things. This is where I suggest you start. Now I wanna introduce another sort of wrinkle here because there's not just what we eat. There's also how we manage stress. There's how we exercise, right? And there's this idea of you know whether we move or not. Are we sitters or are we standers or are we walkers or whatever? I call these the four M's of metabolism. Managing stress, I call this mindfulness or mindset. Movement, whether we sit more often than we stand and whether we walk more often than we sit, etc. Meals, this is where the three nutritional keystone habits come in, and then metabolics. And metabolics are all the things that we do to stimulate or move the metabolism, like exercise, like supplements, like drugs, right? And so 
We just talked about the meals component, the three nutritional keystone habits. Now we can begin to build. Once we have them and that's settled, and perhaps it's the most important thing, then we want to say, well, what are the three mindfulness keystone habits that I can do? For most people, that's going to be sleep is going to be huge. If you can't sleep, then nap. If you can't nap, then meditate, right? But we need to know what the three things that we can do around managing stress are. Is it sleep? Is it talking on the phone to a loved one? Is it um, you know reading a book? Is it a hot bath? Is it a pedicure, manicure, or sauna time? Or what is it? What are the things that you do to rest and recover? You need to choose three things there. And again, what I'm trying to do is simplify this because for most of us, If we really get the three things that reduce our stress and the three things that help manage our diet, that's all we actually need. These keystone habits have trickle-down effects. They are the big rocks. Now, we don't want to do all at once, but I would suggest you focus on your three nutritional keystones. Then you move to your three mindfulness keystones. Then you move to your three movement keystones. What would that be? Would it be everything first thing in the morning I stretch? and I do some mobility stuff because I tend to wake up stiff? Is it about getting my 10,000 steps in the day? Or is it about making sure I get up every hour to walk around? You need to pick what are the three things that I can do that make the biggest difference in movement. And then when it comes to metabolics, what are the things? Like for me with my metabolics, it's one, take my thyroid medication. Because if I don't, I'm gonna have an issue there. Two, get at least one workout in every week. See how I set the bar low? And three, make sure I'm doing some kind of stretching and mobility work because I tend to be someone who can become very stiff and then I end up having joint pain, which makes me not want to work out. And so you can see that in each of these four quadrants, mindfulness, movement, meals, and metabolics, I can have three nutritional commitments or three keystone habits rather that make all of the difference right so instead of having a hundred things i'm trying to do that confuse the hell out of me and overwhelm me and i beat myself up about them because i can't do them what i do is i take these four segments of metabolism the four m's and i essentially say okay here's what i want to do i want to have three keystone habits in each of these four segments which means i never have more than 12 things that i really am focusing on And this is what I want you to begin to do because oftentimes I get these questions that are just way off in left field. Should I do this? Should I do that? I call it more shit to worry about, right? It's just like, well, someone told me to do this. I should do that. I shouldn't do this. Or what should I do? The idea is you should only do what's necessary and no more. Right? You should only exercise enough, but no more. You should do what it takes to reduce your stress, recover and regenerate, but no more. You should focus on the things with your diet that make the biggest difference, but no more. You should think about what you need to do with movement, just three things, but no more. In other words, for many of you, you are overwhelmed with all this ridiculous stuff to worry about. Should I put butter in my coffee or not? Should I do interval training instead of this or that? Oh, this new workout came out. Oh, you know, this new greens product came out. When you don't find your nutritional 
keystones or your stress reducing keystones or your movement keystones or your metabolic keystones. You are out there in the wind being influenced by all this other stuff, thinking you must do all these things when really it is much more simple than we let on. It just takes a little bit of practice. So what I want to suggest with this episode, and it's a short episode, but it's perhaps one of the most powerful ones, is that you begin figuring out what your keystones are. What I want you to do after this episode is I want you to sit down with a pen and piece of paper, and I want you to think about when I do X, Y, Z, am I better off or worse off? And what are the simplest things I can do that are also the most powerful things that I can do nutrition-wise. Start there. Work with that for several months. Get your three nutritional keystones and then move to stress reduction. Now, of course, if you're listening to this and you're like, Jade, I already got my three nutritional keystones. That's easy. Then I would say, good. Then think about what you can do mindfulness with mindfulness and then the stress reduction component. But this is what we need to do. We really need to stop being so hyper vigilant about all the thousands of different things we can do. You are unique. I can guarantee there are only a few, a handful of big rocks that will make all the difference for you. So starting now, what I want you to focus on, if you are someone who is struggling with health, fitness, and fat loss, is just these three nutritional keystone habits, and then the three keystones around stress management, and then the three keystones around movement, and then the three keystones around metabolics. Trust me when I tell you this will make a huge difference for you. Thanks so much for hanging out at the podcast today, and I will see you all at the next episode.